Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack family. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 108. This is a very special episode of the Cantankerous Catholic because the censorship of Orthodox Catholics has begun in earnest. Big Tech is hammering away at little me. After all, with just 30,000 listeners, I'm still small, but I have to make moves to escape this tyranny. This week, we're going to talk about the censorship and how to avoid it, at least for now. I'm also going to tell you how to avoid being tracked yourself so Big Tech can't deceive you. The issue of censorship for Orthodox Catholics and conservatives is probably more dangerous and destructive than you may realize, if you're an average everyday Catholic in the pew. Because of the need for focus on this issue, this special episode won't have any of our regular segments. If you're one of my listeners who enjoy Catholic news notes, Catholic boot camp, Catholic quotes, and Catholic stories, I apologize for those segments not being included in this episode. But I really need for you to focus on the things you're about to hear, because our national existence of free Catholics and free American citizens hinges on it and your response to what you're about to hear. This brief commercial is solely for this episode. It's not one you'll hear again in the future. To begin, every Catholic needs to be listening to The Cantankerous Catholic because this show helps people to learn to navigate through these tumultuous times, as well as learn, understand, and live our faith better. You can help other Catholics find The Cantankerous Catholic much easier by leaving a review. Reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show The Cantankerous Catholic more often to people looking for Catholic podcasts. For your convenience, there's a link in my show notes for ratings and reviews. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. Also, please consider making a gift to this apostolate so it can remain active. There's a link for online gifts in my show notes, and the mailing address is included if you prefer to send a check. Thank you. Censorship is very real to those of us who are on the front lines trying to get information out to you that the Marxists don't like. If you're merely a user of online media, such as this show or videos, you're probably not seeing anything that'll make you aware of the censorship. Google, YouTube, Apple, and other big tech are very subtle when manipulating the media user. So subtle, in fact, that you won't notice the censorship in your daily use of media. That's how it's designed to work. We media creators, on the other hand, see the censorship in a big way, and you need to know about it so you can support us. I'm not talking about financial support, although that's necessary. I'm talking about making the online migrations to the platforms we have to use to be able to continue to bring you the things we do. What I'm going to do in this episode is begin by laying it out for you with two cuts by Mark Levin from his Sunday night show on Fox, Life, Liberty, and Levin. I'm going to let Mark synthesize things better for you than I can. 
Then I'm going to play an interview Levin did with Rumble CEO Chris Pavlovsky. Rumble is a relatively new video platform that competes with YouTube. You need to see how YouTube and Google, which owns YouTube, cheats and works to crush their competition so they can continue to shove lies and propaganda down your throat without any interference from free speech platforms. Then I'm going to play two cuts back-to-back from The Vortex with Michael Voris. After we've heard Voris, I'm going to explain what big tech is doing to me and how I'm trying to escape their tyranny so I can continue to bring you the material that I bring to the table. Don't think big tech is just attacking free speech conservatives in politics. It goes way further than that. They hate Orthodox Catholicism as badly as they do conservative politics, and they made that abundantly clear. The reason they hate Orthodox Catholicism is because the constant 2,000-year teaching of the Church is opposed to everything in the Marxist agenda. Next, I'm going to wrap this whole thing up by telling you what you need to do in order to protect yourself. Yeah, Big Tech is after you, the listener, as well. They want your personal information to sell and trade for profit, but they also want to identify your religious and political affiliations. They do that by paying attention to the sites you visit and the things you listen to and watch. Let's start by allowing Mark Levin to lay the groundwork. Don't be misled by the way he begins his monologue. This isn't about the election. It's about censorship, and he makes that point very well. Let's roll the first Levin cut. You know what I talk about a lot? This, the Constitution of the United States. Stick with me. Because these are very dire times. I want to read something to you. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. You're familiar with it by now, but let me read it to make a point. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in Congress. That's the United States Constitution, your Constitution. And the fact that I just read that will be considered controversial. Controversial in the radical left-wing media and controversial by opinion columns all over this country. Why? Because I dared to read to you a part of your Constitution that was violated on Election Day in at least four states. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. I'm not seeking to relitigate this election. I'm making a point. The state legislatures in those states need to fix the system. The courts, particularly the Supreme Court, need to bring us back to our Constitution. Now, the fact that I say that, and the fact that I might link to articles that talk about that, makes me controversial. And because I would talk like this, and link to the Constitution and other issues of this sort, Facebook began giving me the scarlet letter that what I was saying was in question, what I was saying was factually inaccurate. And after a while, I got so sick of it, I voluntarily left Facebook. I'm not going to put up a century. Nothing about this Constitution or what I said incites any rational human being to do anything but be concerned about what took place in these states and to want to have it fixed. That's the nature of free speech. That's the nature of principle. 
That's the nature of debate. That's what our country's all about. Then I decided voluntarily to leave Twitter when they decided to ban the president of the United States from using their platform. And then we were hearing that other conservatives were being banned and that thousands and thousands of people all of a sudden, for reasons they couldn't understand, were being removed. Well, I'm not participating in that kind of economic totalitarianism. I believe in speech and the channels of communication, American to American or American to foreign or foreigner to American, are being choked off now, especially for those who are not leftists. You don't even have to be a conservative or a constitutionalist. You can be a reasonable, rational, knowledgeable human being who doesn't agree with the left, and you are being punished, and you're being caricatured. And we cannot tolerate that as a nation. Furthermore, I'm not going to have my millions and millions of listeners and viewers be monetized by these multi-billionaire uh, monopolists. They use your name, they use your data, they use your information, your private information without your knowledge to make money. They sell it, they trade it, God knows what they do with it. That's not part of the bargain. All you want to do is communicate. All you want is free speech. Now, of course, there are people who go on these sites who are nasty people, who are diabolical people. There are people like that in our neighborhoods, in our communities, all over our country. But Twitter doesn't really care about them. They say they do, but they don't. And I'm going to prove it to you from our friends at the Daily Wire. Louis Farrakhan's account at Twitter is still active. Louis Farrakhan, the most famous anti-Semite in America today, although there's a lot of competition for that right now, still has an active Twitter account despite routinely comparing Jews to termites, among other things. Farrakhan, head of the notorious Nation of Islam, tweeted in 2018, I am not anti-Semite, I'm an anti-termite. Though Twitter removed the verified check from his account following a tweet about the satanic Jew in the synagogue of Satan, his account still remains active in public as of this program. The Chinese embassy in the United States, you may not know it, as they point out in the Daily Wire, but the Chinese embassy in the United States has their own verified Twitter account with over 78,000 followers. Their account is routinely used to spread Chinese Communist Party propaganda on behalf of President Xi Jinping. Now, they used Twitter to defend China's use of concentration camps the other day in part of their ongoing genocide against Muslims. The minds of Muslim women in, in Xi Jinping were emancipated, I'm quoting, and gender equality and reproductive health were promoted, making them no longer baby-making machines, the account tweeted, before saying the victims are more confident and independent. While the tweet has since been deleted, the account has not. New York Antifa account. For all their talk of restricting those promoting violence, Twitter still allows Antifa accounts full access to the platform, despite their by any means necessary slogan and their use of violent rhetoric and tactics. It is a Marxist anarchist violent organization. They count routinely doxes individuals deemed quote-unquote Nazis. In other words, anyone on the right sharing photos and personal information in an attempt to intimidate and coerce them. The page also reports photos and videos of so-called fascists being attacked on the street and at protests with gleeful captions, you know, people eating outside peacefully at a restaurant. So their account has not been banned by Twitter. Nicolas Maduro, the fascist killing dictator of Venezuela, despite running his country into the ground and killing or jailing anyone who stood in his way, 
Nicolas Maduro, best known as the human rights abusing, socialism-loving dictator of Venezuela, still enjoys the use of his Twitter account. The Ayatollah Khomeini has a Twitter account. Other brutal, murdering dictators all over the world have Twitter accounts and tweet. And so they ban the president of the United States. They're banning mainstream conservatives. They're banning mainstream constitutionalists in this massive purge effort. And so there may be nut jobs. There may be violent people, but they're painting with a broad brush. They're painting with a broad brush and taking as many people, thousands, tens of thousands of people off their site and banning them. So where do they go? Where are these people going to go? Now that Mark has laid out the basics for you, I'm going to run his interview with Pavlovsky so you can see just how badly these media tyrants are censoring what you see and hear. Let's run Levin's interview with Rumble CEO Chris Pavlovsky. Welcome back, America. There's another entrepreneur out there who has started a company called Rumble, which I also like very, very much, and we've transitioned over there. And it's competing with companies like YouTube. And um, his name is Chris Pavlovsky. He's the founder and CEO of Rumble. Now, Chris, tell us about you. When did you decide to start Rumble and how did you start Rumble? So I've been in the Internet space for two decades now. I actually started building websites out of my parents' basement uh, right out of university. And uh, ironically, I was in the video space back then, competing against uh, tons of different websites. And specifically around 2005, YouTube emerged and we were competing against YouTube. And then by 2007, uh, 2006, there was a cataclysmic event that happened in the space where Google acquired YouTube. And uh, basically, from that point on, all the sites like eBombs World, College Humor, uh, the ones that I had became pretty much non-existent uh, because of the, in my opinion, the, the vertical integration of YouTube into the Google search engine. So fast forward to 2013 is when I started Rumble. And we started Rumble on the premise of uh, the fact that the little guy, the little creator, was no longer getting distribution and getting uh, monetization on their videos anymore. They were now kind of being hidden, silenced in a way. Uh, if you remember YouTube in 2006, 2007, 2008, the homepage was full of home-generated content, things that me and you would film at home, and uh, videos like Charlie Bit My Finger as the largest videos on the platform. By 2013, it was only large icons, influencers, big media corporations, and that's who was getting all the distribution on the YouTube platform. And the little guy was left completely behind. So we built the platform in 2013 on the premise of helping the little creator and bringing a voice back. They were being censored in a way that no one really saw and no one really, uh, no one really noticed until about 2020. And based, based on what we're seeing now in 2020, it's happening across this, the censorship's happening across the spectrum. It's not just the little creator. It's, it's happening to the big creators, the influencers, the president, uh, you name it. It's happening to everyone unless the, the platform likes it. Let me ask you a question. YouTube now, you're right, has been devoured by Google. Who runs YouTube? Is there a CEO at YouTube? Uh, yes, I believe there's a CEO at YouTube, and uh, the, it's owned by Google. Uh, Google owns YouTube. So Google now has the power, and the reason I guess they uh, acquired YouTube, to promote YouTube 
and crush its competitors. And is that what it's doing? And how is it doing? So we filed a lawsuit this week on Monday, uh, and our complaint alleges that Google is self-preferencing YouTube in their search results. And Google's also pre-installing the YouTube app on mobile devices, which makes it next to impossible for companies like us to compete. And uh, in our complaint, we allege that, uh, and we've chronicled evidence in our complaint that alleges that up to 9.3 billion visitors were redirected to YouTube instead of Rumble, which you know results in us losing over 100 million uploads, 100 million videos that creators could have brought to Rumble, and over $2 billion in damages. But the the thing that's really upsetting and it makes me really sad is that, you know, I was that guy that built uh, websites out of my parents' basement. Um, it's not just uh, Rumble that's been injured here. It's every consumer that's getting injured here. It's every uh, creator on Rumble that's getting injured. And it's every business in person uh, that gets injured here because it's rigged. It's in, of my opinion that the search engine is completely rigged and no one even knows about it. We, we talk lots about, you know, having free speech in the last year, but when you really look at it, another First Amendment violation is that it's being censored. You don't even, and you don't even know it. It's the, the engine, the search engine is being rigged in a way where you don't even know. If they're rigging against, you know, cute cats and dogs, which is our complaint, they can be rigging it against anything from, politics to the local bakery uh to anybody who wants to be in that search engine and wants to list their business or or wants to compete they don't have a chance in this market if it's being if it's being rigged the way we allege so google and i would say twitter and facebook and the rest of them they give a public face where they say come join us come on our platforms enjoy them Oh, we got all kinds of videos and you can have all kinds of speech and you can have community discussion and links. And here we are promoting uh, Americanism, really free speech and, uh, and entrepreneurship while behind the scene, they're crushing competition. They're crushing competition. Google is the 800 pound gorilla. It's actually a thousand pound gorilla because everybody goes into Google or most people to do their searches. And what they're doing in their searches is they're moving people to YouTube away from Rumble, away from anybody else, pushing them into YouTube. So everybody goes to YouTube and the user has no idea that they're being played this way, do they? Well, that's the key. It's of my opinion that this is happening. And that, that's the scariest part because no one has a clue that this is happening. You're, you're go imagine you're going to Google, you're searching for something and you're thinking that you're getting a free and fair search where everything is like lining up in, in the results the way, you know, a, a machine would line it up without any kind of bias or without any kind of tilting. But, you know, you look in our complaint. And one of the things we allege is that if you type in funny dogs on Rumble, because you're looking for funny dogs on Rumble, funny dog videos on Rumble, you're only going to get funny dog videos on YouTube. So how is that fair? How is it fair that they're indexing and listing only YouTube results when people are actually have the intent to go look for Rumble videos? That's totally unfair. And no one knows that this is happening. And I think this is why our complaint is super important because it has it has evidence in my opinion that uh really i i haven't seen anyone else have we we've chronicled this over seven years it, over the last year we put together evidence that 
you know, I think that I, I, I don't believe, and I can't say for certain, but I don't believe there's any complaint that has this type of evidence that shows this, that shows that the, where the traffic is going, shows the type of results that are being, that are being changed, how they're being changed, not just on Rumble, but on other sites too, because we can syndicate this to everywhere and we tested it. Um, and it just shows how stacked it is. And that is like extremely scary because Everyone is under the assumption that everything is happening fairly when you're going to check facts or you're going to look for funny dogs. Um, but in the, in reality, in in my opinion, and what we allege in the complaint, that's actually not happening, and that is super frightening because lives are getting affected by that big time. Well, uh, I just want to uh, also extend to the CEO of Google, you're welcome to come on this program, the CEO of Apple, the CEO of any of these uh, big tech companies. We would love to have you on this program next Sunday. You can come one, you can come all. I don't really care, but we'll give you a full hour discussion with me, myself, and I. Welcome back. And we are back with Chris Pavlovsky, the CEO and founder of Rumble, which seeks to be a competitor of uh, YouTube. Uh, which has been gobbled up by Google, and Google doesn't want any competitors for YouTube. So, Chris, tell us the consequences of Google trying to basically push you out of the space, behind the scenes, where the customer and the consumer has no idea. What is, what, how would you phrase that? What would you call that? So, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about free speech, and one of the things I would like to, you know, highlight is the censorship that's happening. And it's the censorship that's, that, that is extremely scary because it's the, it's the part that everyone, where everyone thinks they had free speech for the last seven years, last 10 years. Um, they actually haven't had it. It's because, and the way, the way I see it is it's in why it's so bad is because you think you have it when you don't have it. And that's, that's really scary because uh, take a look at this. For example, we, we have people that join Rumble on our platform. And they, they come on our platform. They've been on YouTube for over four years. Uh, um, one example. And they've amassed 10,000 subscribers on YouTube in the last four years. They join Rumble and they come onto the platform. And in six months, they have over half a million subscribers. And now you got to ask yourself, how does that happen? How is it that a small platform like Rumble can grow, uh, a subscriber? I mean, a, a channel significantly larger than YouTube can. And the reason, the reason behind that is, uh, one is not because we're bigger. We're so small, not because we have better at AI, um, not because we have better suggested videos or worse suggested videos or a worse search engine or a better search engine. Something is happening behind the scenes that no one is seeing. And in the last year, you, everyone has been kind of worried about free speech. But imagine in the last seven years being censored and thinking you had free speech. To sum up what your point, which I think is extremely important, there are things going on in the shadows that we don't know about when, as you give an example, you have this massive YouTube platform that is promoted by this massive company, Google, and the customer has 10,000 followers. Then they come to this tiny little rumble, your company, which does not have Google promoting, in fact, has Google putting the, uh, the brakes on it, and they jumped to 500,000. They had 10,000, now they have 500. Something is wrong, and you're right, with what's going on in the boardrooms and the executive rooms and the management rooms in Google, where that one individual or that one company had 10,000, now they have half a million, 
It makes no sense whatsoever. You're exactly right. And I think the word censorship is the right word. These people are evil, to say the least. Rumble doesn't have the variety of videos of YouTube yet, but they will. They'll build their variety faster if you'll ignore YouTube and begin frequenting Rumble. When it comes to media conditions from a Catholic perspective, nobody says it better than Michael Voris. I'm going to run his two cuts back-to-back for you. Once you've heard from Michael, I'm going to come back and tell you what changes the Joe Sixpack the Every Catholic Guy apostolate is making. I'm going to tell you what Google, YouTube, and PayPal are doing to me right now. Then I'm going to share with you some of the things I think you should do to escape the big tech manipulation they've been doing to you and without you probably even noticing it. Let's roll the two Voris cuts now. This Vortex episode is deliberately not being released on YouTube because it's about getting away from the Marxist-minded giant tech outfits who have complete control over what truth to squash and which lies to promote. Here's a little background on all of this from our perspective here at Church Militant. Long ago, even before 2016, we were internally discussing that the day would arrive when this would all start to happen. We aren't prophets or we're not having visions or anything of the sort. If you follow us, you know we have a pretty keen insight into the state of affairs in the church and the world because we keep our finger on the pulse and speak with lots of people behind the scenes frequently. Plus, we have some pretty insightful people here on staff as well, people who get it. America was deteriorating long before the 2020 election was stolen, and affairs in the church, the corruption of the hierarchy, was speeding that process along. So where we've arrived was going to be inevitable. And so here we are. So before we get censored and dialed back and deplatformed, we're going to begin reducing our own footprint in the world of giant tech. Big tech has already censored the president. Then they started limiting and deplatforming other conservative groups. Then, as you know, the hosts for Parler just dropped them because of the mass migration of faithful Catholics and political conservatives to the site. This steamrolling of conservatives on the Internet is not going to stop. It's going to increase. The underlying problem is pretty simple. A handful of Marxist zillionaires developed all the technology. They profited from government protection from being sued. They constructed a monopoly. They created all their own systems, collaborated with each other on how to get all this hooked up and connected, and positioned themselves to exert near total control over the masses after getting the masses to sign up. Now, almost everyone, Googles and Facebooks and tweets and so forth, in short, they have most of the country right where they want them. An even more direct summary, it's their sandbox and they control it utterly. People who want the truth simply cannot play in that sandbox. It's built to lie, distort the truth, and push a Marxist narrative, period. As Father John Harden used to say, and we have often repeated, it is the Luciferian media. Now you've listened to these two great patriots, one of them a Catholic and the other a Jew. What they've just told you is happening in America right now. Now let me tell you what Big Tech's been doing to me. I have a channel on YouTube. 
They've been deleting videos from my channel just because they don't like what I say. Well, there's still enough fight left in this old soldier that I'm not going to let them censor me and cheat you. More on that in a minute. Google is the largest search engine on the internet. Every few months I'd use Google to see where I was ranking in their searches. I'd worked hard to build a strong presence on Google. Six months ago when I googled this apostolate, the first three pages consisted of this apostolate alone, and the next several pages had the apostolate as the dominant presence. When I googled this apostolate two weeks ago, I only found my material listed twice. It's probably even worse now. Google is directing people away from the Joe Sixpack the Every Catholic Guy apostolate. PayPal has done its damage as well. I use PayPal so my supporters can send me financial support when they want to. I began having a rash of supporters being told that PayPal couldn't process the funds. I don't know what those donors were being told by PayPal, but all the financial giant would tell me is that I couldn't have the money. Now that I've told you what they've been doing to me, rather than wait until they completely destroy this apostolate, I'm making some changes. Regarding YouTube, I'm doing three things. First, I'm establishing a channel at Rumble, where they're happy to have my business. I'm also establishing a channel at GabTV.com. Just in case there are future problems with those platforms, I'm creating a page on my main site, CantacrosCatholic.com, to place all of my video work. Now, why am I bringing everything home to my site? Well, I own this site, and the servers I run on are in Great Britain. The Marxists can't affect what I own. I have three websites, CantacrosCatholic.com, JoeSixPackAnswers.com, and GrowMyParish.com. I'm redesigning CantacrosCatholic.com so that it'll have everything from all three sites. Don't worry, although all three sites will be together on one site, you won't be able to see it unless you're looking for it. Each site will continue to look as they do now, but they'll be on the one platform I own. Regarding how I'm going to deal with PayPal is a little bit different. The world's largest merchant account is a company called Stripe. I already used Stripe for the sale of my books, but now I'm in the process of moving everything else to Stripe. That's actually a move I've been wanting to make for quite a while anyway, because it's more secure for you than PayPal, and the rate per transaction costs me less money. It's just going to take time to do it, because it's harder to set up Stripe than PayPal. Google is a different story. I haven't used Google in the traditional sense for years. I use an extension that's available for any browser, so far as I know, called DuckDuckGo. When I make a search through DuckDuckGo, it uses Google, but it can't be traced back to me. Google doesn't harvest any of my information because DuckDuckGo is searching Google for me. All of my searches remain private. I strongly recommend that you go to whatever extension store your browser has and download DuckDuckGo onto your own browser. Protect your privacy. Google has absolutely no idea what I've searched for in my history, and they can't read what I'm reading. I'm making moves on social media, too. I saw the trend on Facebook and Twitter, so I completely got rid of those accounts. I'd initially switched over to Parler, but then Amazon shut them down. 
I still maintain an account there because they expect to be back up and running by the end of the month, but I'm not putting all of my eggs in one basket. I've also opened an account at Gab.com. Gab is a lot like Twitter, but better. You're told going in that they believe in free speech rights and won't infringe on your rights. So Gab is my new social media home. Obviously, I want all of the six-pack family to begin using Rumble, Gab, and Gab TV, but that doesn't address how you're protected. Well, I've already told you about DuckDuckGo, and I can't recommend that too strongly. You really need to get that extension for your browser. Another thing you can do is sign up for a high-speed VPN, or virtual private network. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is or does, let me explain it for you as simply as possible. When you switch on a VPN, it sends your web traffic through an encrypted tunnel to a server controlled by the VPN company. From there, it exits onto the web as normal. If you make sure to only connect with websites secured with the HTTPS instead of just HTTP, your data will continue to be encrypted even after it leaves the VPN. That sounds simple, and maybe even superfluous, but it can have profound effects on your privacy. Think about it this way. If your car pulls out of your driveway, someone can follow you and see where you're going, how long you're at your destination, and when you're coming back. They might even be able to peek inside your car to learn more about you. With a VPN, it's as if you drive from your house into an underground tunnel, then into a closed parking garage, switch to a different car, and drive out. No one who was originally following you knows where you went. That's what a VPN does. I'll include a link about them from PC Magazine in my show notes. Here's the bottom line. Censorship and manipulation from big tech isn't going to end. It's only going to get worse. They're forcing us to live like internet cave dwellers, but I'd rather be a caveman than an extinct man. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.